Welcome into our national hour on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. We are live on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver and Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. And as always, when Justin's not coughing, All right. we are Real Kipper and Bourne, brought to you by Bet365. Yes, sir. All right, boys. I just kind of teed it up on our last hour. The Edmonton Oilers. Mm-hmm. With that loss to Tampa Bay on the weekend. Yeah. One that uh, didn't include really McDavid or Dreisaitl in the scoring department. Are in a bit of a pickle here. Yeah. <laughs> because serious pickle. we are coming up to that famous now cut line mm-hmm. of American Thanksgiving. The Oilers have four games to go to hit the Magic 20 mark. Yep. And they're on the road. I've got them in Florida tonight. Yeah. Carolina Wednesday, Washington Friday. I That's tough. This is their games. season, guys. You just can't get yeah. too great, deep in this great hole. Great observation. You know, like uh, I, it's been getting deep here, but boy, 5, 10, and 1, a 344 winning percentage. That loss to Tampa. They were up 2 nothing in that game. Well, that's exactly it. Like, they are, you can play way better, right? You can play better. You can have a new coach. But the room for error is so slim now. Yes. Like, you can't. Heaven forbid you get an injury to an important person or something. And, you know, I watched that whole game on Saturday. It's just every shot goes in. Yeah. They have six on 24. It's like, you Six know. goals on 24 shots. Yeah, I think so. I think they had 43 shots. And so uh, Picard is going to start for them tonight, who hasn't Why played not? NHL games. Well, you're right. What's Why it going to be worse? Okay, you're your your season's on the line yeah. in the next three games. <laughs> yeah, but the reason it's I, there I is because of the, the goalies. Other, the other two guys have been so great. I I don't care. I don't care. I don't go to Picard when my season's on the line right now. You know what, Kip? It's the it's the Hamburglar Hail Mary. This is yeah, the Hamburglar Hail. You're saying okay. we need some thirty year old to come up and just be a hero. Now imagine now. Connor and Drysidle, they're struggling. They almost look to me like they've they've lost a little faith here. They they're saying they haven't. They're saying they believe. What do you, like? What do you guys see? I, I see, I see guys almost. I see them like on, on a human level. I just see guys that go. Like, there's so much pressure on them. There's so much riding on their shoulders every night. And I, I think just from a human perspective, they're, 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 they're a little broken. I don't think that's it. They, no. Because it's been that way, right? It's been on them. No, this is, yeah, I know. But this is the first time that they've, they've, they've haven't drawn anything out of themselves. They don't have any answers right now. Yeah. I'm just saying that it looks like there's too much weight on their shoulders and that, if if they're not breaking right now, they're certainly bending. So Connor McDavid in eight games in November has four points. Five hey, separate that's games. That's crazy had, talk. Five separate games. He's had zero points this month, and he has now gone four straight road games without a single point. Why, Connor you, you, McDavid? You can't tell me that. Okay, there there's a lot of speculation. He's hurt, but even if he's hurt, is he can't be hurt that much? Connor McDavid is not on the first two pages. Of the he's like a hundred NHL. What's going on? Scoring. Explain this to me, please. 
Well, we just watched Austin Matthews do this last year, Not and like you go, this. I don't see what's that different, but I don't think it was like this, was it? No, this is a significantly different drop-off. He has 13 points on the season. That's hard to pass below a point per game. He's had five games without points this month. And he had, what, six or seven all season long last year? I'd be shocked if he had that many. To me, it's just he's not healthy. There's just, there's no explanations. There's no. No, If he's not healthy and he starts poorly and he's a step behind. I I think there's there's a stress level going on with him right now that I've never seen before. But you don't think there's a stress level level in years past? Yeah, but he... It wears on you, Sammy. It I catches guess. up to you. And let's bring and, in and Gary Galley. spots. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. Hockey Night in Canada, Sportsnet. Uh, terrific job on the on the weekend, Gary, uh, calling Toronto and Minnesota. And I, I don't know how much you picked up of our, our conversation. It's on Connor McDavid. And I, I the, the body language uh, doesn't appear to me be at a level that we've ever seen before out of him. And I just think that the, maybe the stress or the wear is ca- ca- catching up to him a little bit. It's my only explanation. I may be full of crap. I'd love your thoughts. Well, first of all, great job on Sunday morning. That was a different kind of animal for, for me. It's the first time I've ever done a game that early. <laughs> and, and Bart's and I, were we were like we're in a fog there for most of it. So hopefully <laughs> it didn't sound that way. But you guys did a great job. But, you know, guys, like you guys have touched upon so many things that it could be. Um, you know, there's so many things that we don't know, uh, the inner sanctum of what's going on within the Edmonton Oilers and Connor McDavid would be part of, of all of that. But I, let me just throw something out there. And again, I don't have any factual stuff to say, like, this is what's going on with Connor McDavid, but he gave as much as you can give last year. And you mentioned the fact that he was only pointless and maybe less than the amount of games he's pointless in a row right now. And, and that's crazy. I mean, he was dominating, as dominating as a player can be in the National Hockey League, and his team couldn't get there. And then he sees slippage, and he sees areas that are supposed to be fortified that aren't being fortified. And I wonder if, so, you know, just internally, if he just sees that they just don't have what they need to win. And it's frustrating him, and it's, and it's just building up. And, and I think, you know, sometimes when all these things – you're thinking about uh you know sometimes they affect the way you think the way your legs move the way your hands move the way you normally fluidly go through your game when you just play without thinking and 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 maybe that's part of it you know maybe he just doesn't see the improvement he was hoping and the steps that his team has to take and maybe that's eating away at him a little bit I mean you know you have everything that you wanted to get I mean him and then you know that you could possibly get individually but the one thing that you need is your is your name on that Stanley Cup. And the one thing that a guy like Connor McDavid would deserve after what he would offer to the NHL fans and the NHL as an ambassador for all the years is a Stanley Cup. And and he sees Jack Eichel get one last year in Vegas. And you think that that would be a burn the saddle right there. And uh, at the end of the day, I think he sees how far maybe they are away. And, and maybe that's something that just psychologically is affecting him. But that's just a, that's just like a, yeah. I'm, I'm toss out. I'm on that page. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we're doing here is just trying to bat around these theories. So it sounds to me like what you're saying, if they were to go out and get a goalie, do you think that can help the mental state of the players who are struggling to contribute? I I believe so, because what a goalie that you're confident in, what a goalie does who makes the saves that he's supposed to make 
is he hides the imperfections of your hockey club and he builds uh, he builds strong character and confidence within the hockey club because if you make a mistake and you and the red light goes on you pull it out of your net um, then you feel the anxiety of it if you make a mistake and your goalie makes a ten bell save and no one's the wiser <laughs> a couple hours later when the yeah. game's over everyone's selling you know you don't feel as bad driving home you don't think about it probably you forgot about it altogether so a goalie can really do that and and I go back to my days in Buffalo. Uh, you know, and with Dominic and then the guys after me with Ryan Miller and, you know, Lindy Ruff had, you know, you know, he's a great coach, but I'm saying, but, you know, to have goaltending like that and have that there every day for you that, you know, you're going to get, it, it does make it a lot easier for your team. And, and, and like I said, they can hide a lot of imperfections. Now, you know, your goalies aren't expected to win every game for you. You have to play as a team, but Certainly, if your goalies aren't playing well, especially early in the season where you get a lot of dents in the fenders and you get a little broken taillight and all of a sudden you got four or five guys that are, are, are not feeling it. And then the next thing you know, it just kind of you know, like a virus goes through your team and it, it's a malaise, so to speak. And, and it seems to be, you know, as hard as you try to get out of it, it feels like quicksand at times. We're talking to Gary Galley. Color analyst for Sportsnet Hockey Night in Canada. As we said earlier, you were on the call, the Leafs and, and Wild. Uh, over your 1,100 games in the National Hockey League, Gary, you were part of uh, some, some pretty solid uh, defensive uh, core groups here. What did you see coming out of Sweden with uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the level that they're at now and where they need to get to to make people believe that they can come out of the East? Well, I don't for one second think that was inspiring hockey by the Maple Leafs over in Stockholm. I mean, did they get the job done? And, and good teams do that, right? Even though they don't necessarily play uh, from the tips every game, they find a way to win games. Look at my Broncos. I mean, this is a prime example, right? But I mean, but the but the but the but the Leafs are are finding a way to win games when they probably didn't deserve it. Um, I thought it was some of the good things I would take out of Stockholm. Both goaltenders played pretty good. I mean, Samsonov early, maybe not so good. Uh, but at the end of the day, he's doing an interview and he's saying how great he feels that he was able to win a game for all the Swedish players and that he really likes his teammates. And that makes him feel good. So you got that's all part of being a good player, too, is feeling good about your game, feeling good about yourself. So he looks to be in a better place, you know, psychologically. And Wall, whose numbers have been kind of fading a little bit. He's had a couple of rough outings here or there. I think when they really needed a goaltender to be on his game right away early, I think he was. And I think he was for a good part of that Minnesota game where the Minnesota Wild, and you listen to the interviews of Zuccarello and some of the players afterwards, they were like, they felt they played well enough to win that game. They feel good about that game. Unfortunately, they didn't win it. And uh, I think a lot of credit has to go to Wall. And I think a lot of credit had to go to the defense that I thought interjected themselves into the offense a little bit more than maybe we've seen a little bit. Giordano up the ice a number of times. I thought played a, a pretty strong couple of games. Uh, Morgan Riley up the ice. We saw him score again. And then, of course, that great defensive play. Um, you know, I think McCabe is starting to come around and get going. Uh, you know, I, I do believe that. I, I think that they're, you know, they're not there yet, but I do see signs of some things. One of the things I noted during the broadcast was they don't produce a lot. They don't put up a lot of solid numbers when you look at taking Morgan Riley off of out of the mix you look at the rest of the defense core there's not a lot of production coming out of there so it was nice to see uh nice to see that there was a little bit of production from the backside I mean if 
I mean, Giordano almost saved the puck from going in himself. He was running a crease. I don't know how that didn't go in. But at the end of the day, I I, I do believe that, uh, you know, this team is, you know, everyone thinks that, you know, uh, getting through the first round of playoffs, the demons, they needed the dragon, they needed to slay. I think there's more than that. I think there are some things that this team does sometimes that I feel baffle people, including their coaching staff and maybe their management people. And it just baffles them. And they just, and, and I don't know if they have an answer for it or if anyone does, but they're like, when is this going to kick in? When is this going to just kick in? And it's just going to be automatic. It's just going to happen. It's not going to have to be talked about or gone in and hashed out. It's just going to be reactive, uh, you know, mechanisms that go on within their team that just make them a real good, solid team. There's no doubt they like one another and they're, they're, they're tight like that, but sometimes it doesn't, you know, transcend onto the ice surface when things happen. So, I think there's a lot of things going on. I think they've addressed some things. And um, although I don't think it was, like I said, their most inspired hockey, I think Sheldon Keith would tell you that. But getting the points and coming out of there and passing teams in the standings, moving up, I think is a positive thing. Gals, in the first hour of the show, we talked about Willie Nylander, as everyone has been talking about him. You've called a lot of Leafs games since to the beginning of his career. Tell us about what you think the player Willie Nylander was when he first came in the league to what he is now. I just think he's, he's, I don't know if you guys noticed, but it's just to me, it's like it's an effortless kind of play, uh, way he's playing. It's like there's no stress in his game whatsoever. He never looks stressed on the ice. His skating is just magnificent. He's just flying ac- around the ice. And if there's such thing as a puck magnet stuck to you, <laughs> I would think that he's got one stuck in there somewhere because the puck just seems to follow him. And, um, you know, I think his teammates are really happy for him. This is a guy that has, you know, that low kind of shelf meter where, you know, he's never going to get like over the top, like excited craziness, and he's never going to get too low, even depending on how bad things are going. He's kind of perfect for the Toronto market. Like he kind of gets in there, he dresses the way he dresses, plays the way he plays. You know, he goes home, he's got his family, his grandmother. But, you know, have you seen your grandmother? No, not yet. He's got things to do. He's out there taking his teammates to get stuff going on. Like he's, he's got things he's got to get done, you know, and he, and he focuses on his hockey. And the one thing his teammates talk about is he is very committed to his game and he's very focused on his game. And I think those are, are, are things that you don't always notice someone when you watch them play on the ice. It's the things you know as a teammate of, of somebody, how they approach the game and how they play. I think his teammates are really happy for him. I think they're like, this is a guy that they always felt like could blow the doors out of it if he really got things going. And I think they're happy for him. And, and, and you know, in, in when I played in Philadelphia, you know, you had the big line, the crazy eight line. And you had to defense that line. You had to put everything against that line, first of all, and hope he, they didn't kill your players, but also that you could just tone down the amount of points they got. So what did Rod Brindamore and his line do? They lit it up. They lit it up because they weren't facing the hard checking. They weren't facing the best of the best of the night. So it's up to them to go out and light it up. They're, they are playing against subpar players on a lot of their shifts. And for Tavares and, and for Nylander and Bertuzzi, you know, they got to go out and light it up. And they are. And I, and I can see how that can happen because I've watched second lines put up great numbers because they've got number one line players, but they're not getting number one line defensive checking against them. And I think if you're a coach coming into a game now on an opposing team, you're going, okay, we got a guy who can score 60, 70. <laughs> He's pretty good. And then you got a guy who can be an Art Ross winner. I mean, with Marner, 
do we put the checking there or do we put the checking on Tavares and Nylander? Well, you know where it's been going. And, and I don't think it's a, sh- a shock that we're seeing um, these guys light it up like they are. They're good players, and, they're, and, and I think that's a credit to them and the fact that they're doing it. Now, the bottom nine guys, the bottom six guys, those guys have got to start chipping in too. I mean, I, I, and just in, you know, in seeing the Leafs a little bit, I mean, they've got some guys in those bottom six that you need to chip in in order to be successful, not just regular season, but in the playoffs. The bottom six guys have got to chip in. Hey, Gary, uh, as good as Willie was in Sweden, I don't think – People woke up this morning and and said that uh, the Leafs are the best team in Canada. I think despite a couple of losses <laughs> by Vancouver, uh, people maybe pointing the, the that, that finger to the Canucks. Would you agree with that? Right now, you'd, it'd be hard to argue. I mean, they are they are playing uh, a brand of hockey. Um, it's an inspiring brand of hockey. I think you got to tip your hat to to Rick Tockett. You know, I was a teammate of Rick's in Philadelphia. I know what Rick stands for. I know what Rick's all about. I know the, I know the kind of person he is, and it's not a shock that he went in there. When you play, like, I played for Terry O'Reilly. Okay, like if you don't come to the rink inspired to play, uh, when you play for Terry O'Reilly, then then there's something wrong with you. You know what I mean? Like you come to play for a guy like Rick Tockett, a guy you know, a guy who played the way he did. Doesn't take much for these young guys, whether you think you know him or not. Just go look at some YouTube, and you'll figure it out in about 20 seconds. That this guy, this guy came to play. He was a gamer, and when he speaks from where he comes from, you know, it's not like you can call you can call Shark. You know what I mean? Like this is a guy who does it. So and and he and he and he will treat his players well. I mean, sometimes the the persona it looks like is that he's crapping on his team, especially when things weren't going so good. What he's doing is he's identifying the problems with this team, and he's not letting them play good for a period or two, or play good for one game and then let off the gas pedal and go back to the old habits. He's got his thumb and his foot right on top of it. It's expectations. He knows what they can do. And I think they've made some really good deals, not blockbuster deals, but I think on the back end, you know, with Ronick and Susie and guys like that that you add in there, those are guys that aren't flashy, but they come in and they do a really nice job. And I think that opens up for you to be a little more creative. And uh, their guys up front that had some hard years are starting to feel it again. I, I really like just the um, I just like the aura around this team. I just like the feel of it. Is it going to go through the whole season here? Uh, you know, when they go through a three or four game losing streak, what happens then? They've got to handle a few things to me to see if it's really a legitimate real deal. Uh, the Leafs have proven that they can have a rough start and rip through it. They've proven they can play, you know, subpar and still win games. I mean, they're a good enough team. So, I, I look at, you know, I look at Toronto maybe at the end to be that team coming out at the end of the season. But right now, if you're asking me right now, I, I believe it's Van, it's Vancouver right now. Um, before I ask my next question, I want to know about your jersey collection behind you. I know people on radio can't see it, but on TV they can. Is that all yours? What are all those sweaters? Look at that collection. Are you at Sport Check? <laughs> well, when, you're, when, you're, when your middle name is Samsonite, you, you, get, you get a lot of opportunities to have, to have jerseys, you know? And uh, so I, I was, you know, and, and the course guys, like, you have to understand, like, when you go on a team, every team now has a third jersey yeah. or a jersey they wear for a special occasion. So, you know, I've got like, a, you know, my I started in 1984 with the L.A. Kings. So I have my original L.A. Kings purple and gold sweater wow. that I had. I, I kept my original home one. I gave my my uh, my my my, my wagers. Yeah, I gave my home one to my parents. Uh, and then, of course, I went back to L.A. in 97. And then you had the, the the Chevron black and silver. 
And then they went to the purple with the lion crest. And then they went back to the purple with the original <laughs> crown, but a little bit more new. So I got like a ton of sweaters from the teams that I played on. And I'm always really feel blessed that the teams allow us to take our jerseys uh, when we leave and, uh, and let us have them because they are the biggest keepsake that you have from the game. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, apart from winning a Stanley Cup or being part of a really good team that did something special, you know, the sweaters are, are where the blood and sweat is. It's where, it's where your yeah. commitment was, and, and it really is something that uh, I'm really cherished. Every now and then, something happens, and I, I give one away. I give one to something, something is special. I'll, I'll hand it off. I've got some of my sweaters I wore in Bantam and Peewee that people given to me over the years that they go, hey, I have this. You wore it when you were a Pinecrest Select. I'm like, oh, it's got the, it's got the velvet lettering on it, the suede velvet, velvet lettering and the whole bit. Yeah. So, uh, and then I've got some players like Rob Blake and Ray Bork, and I got an all-star sweater from Wayne. Uh, he, I was very fortunate enough to get, and Tory Krug got. So, you know, Eric DeBranson, a local kid from Ottawa, real nice kid that I like. He signed a Florida jersey for me a while back. So I have some of those that I intertwine in there. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's kind of blended out a little bit, but uh, it's really nice. And, uh, you know, people, especially when I was coaching minor hockey, the kids would come over. And uh, I used Love to it. have the sweaters in, in frames, right? Had them all in frames, and I thought, you know, put them in frames, you know, but then – you can't touch them. You can't look at them. And part of the thing is when these kids come over, I say, throw them on, put them on. The kids would be running around with the sweaters on stuff. That, <laughs> that, that's really where, the, you know, it, it's great to see. So I'm really blessed to have had them and the trainers, uh, you know, the only team that wouldn't give me my sweater were the Bruins. What? And I can tell this story. I can tell this story because I got, I went to arbitration and, and uh, they traded me to Philly, and then I went into the locker room, and I don't know if you guys remember Dr. Dr. Uh, Bacardi, Kenny Flager, the trainer. Was Dr. Bacardi? Vancouver. He was in Boston. For, the Dr. Bacardi, we called him, and, and Kenny's gone now, so I can say these things. So uh, he, was a, he was awesome. This guy was, he was awesome. You didn't have to tell him your equipment was something wrong with it when you left to go home. When you came back the next day, it was fixed. He lived in the basement of the locker room. So when I came in to get my equipment, okay, that day, he told me he felt so bad, but he says, I can't give you your sweater. Harry won't let me give you your sweaters. I said, it's okay, Doc. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I said my goodbyes, and I left. And about two years later in Philly, I'm coming down the hallway. We were playing Flyers. We are playing the Bruins. And I see Doc out sharpening skates. And I walk up to give him a hug and chat. And he tells me to just keep walking. I go, what? He goes, just keep walking. So I kept walking, and he ran behind me, handed me a paper bag with my three sweaters in it that he kept oh. all that time. Yeah, yeah. My, That's uh, awesome. My home, my away, and the original six with the B on the front. Oh, He, he man. kept them for me, and, uh, and he gave them to me. And I, I, that's, uh, that was, uh, yeah, that was, that was wow. really nice. So I've got, I've got them all, which is really, and, really and, and- Correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you didn't take it personally because that's just the way Harry was back then. <laughs> Well, if he was mad at you, he was mad at you. And, and going to salary arbitration was something that, you know, was something that didn't make him very happy. And so, uh, you know, when you did that, you knew that your probably your time was was numbered there. And, and, and so shortly after that, I was I was dealt to the Flyers. So. Um, so, yeah, it, it was something that happened. But you know how bad it was, guys? I walked into the locker room like three or four hours after they traded me. And there was already a guy, another guy's name on my jersey <laughs> in my stall. <laughs> it was like, it was hanging there. I, wa- I, wa- I walked in and I'm like, 
I see Gordon Murphy's name on the back of the jersey, 28 in my stall. And I was like, boy, that hurts. Like, that really hurts. That's a stinger. <laughs> and, and Kenny Kenny kept going, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. Oh, gosh. That's great stuff. Hey, gals, really appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this, pal. We'll have you on again Always soon. Always a pleasure, guys. Again, great, great job on Sunday. Thanks. Awesome. You too. Thanks, All man. Right. Gary Galley, Hockey Night in Canada, Sportsnet. Um, I was going to ask for one of his sweaters for up hey. here behind me, but it didn't seem like the right time to take one from him. <laughs> when he gets rolling, man, he gets rolling. He <laughs> was chatty it. today. I love it. Man, it's those great. stories are great. I love that kind of stuff. That's, a, like, that's a really good story. You know, when we do this show, you know, it's we're doing Leafs reaction, and we're talking with the league, but, like, there's so many hilarious hockey storytellers. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's like Spit and Chicklets does such a great job with that, getting guys on, and, like, uh, it's a different type of thing, but... Him telling those stories are so great. I but love that kind it's of It's the best, too, because I would say maybe the end of your career around that time, I feel like things got so tight. And I don't like I don't know. Like, when my dad played, their stories are all like... But there's some teams that wouldn't give you, like, a hockey bag to leave. You'd have to put it in a garbage bag. No. Yeah, that, oh, was, no, that no, was my no. experience at university one year. They had no, I'm telling you. That. There, there's, there's a few clubs. There's few players. My that junior had... B uh, team went bankrupt and sold our sweaters. I couldn't get my <laughs> Soyuz heat jersey from, uh, yeah. <laughs> from back in the day. Thanks, oh, yeah. guys. Can't take the hockey bag. Like, how no, much money need... could you have made from selling we a set need of sweaters? Oh my god. Here's a garbage bag. Yeah, <laughs> that's sad. Uh, do you want to do uh, game time now? Because I, I'm, we're not done with the Oilers here. Well, I was going to bring up the Oilers in game time. Okay, then, there. Yeah, hit it. All right, it's game time. Presented by Bet365, visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus, Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Um, so, yeah, three really good hockey games tonight. There's a, there's a few games on tonight. How many games? We've got one, two, three, four, Nine, five, I six, think. Really seven. Good. Seven Schedule. games. Seven. Seven games, close. but three excellent games. Bruins, Tampa, Edmonton, Ooh. Florida, and Dallas, New York are three excellent hockey matches. But okay, just focus on- I'm focusing on the Oilers. Yes. Who... I looked at the – I was expecting the the uh, Cats to be pretty big favorites in this game, but it's pretty even money, minus 110 on both sides. I have concerns for the Oilers heading into this game. I do too. Uh, Ekblad's back. Yeah. Montour's back. Mm-hmm. This was a team that was just holding to – hoping to, uh, you know, keep their head above water just enough to get these guys back, and they they did way better than anyone thought. Yeah, they're seven two and one in their last ten. It's like when Boston was without their guys last year. Instead of keeping their head above water, they crushed the league. If you look at my fancy stats, the Florida Panthers are the best team in the league by uh, expected goals against, like best defensive team in the league. Hasn't uh, I saw a chart uh, the other day about Ekman Larson turning it around? Yeah, he's having a great year. Yeah, he's playing really well. So. We are of the theory of, and I believe it was Ken Holland that kind of brought this whole thing up about American Thanksgiving being like this cut line. Yeah. It was him? I think it was him. Oh, no. He, he's he's yeah, ever not mistaken, don't quote me, but I won't. it's kind of ironic that his Oilers are coming up this week to that cut line. And I, I look at the schedule here of the four games. Florida, Carolina, Washington this week. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they're going to make it, guys. I mean, I got three teams in the NHL with a lower winning percentage than them. So they're fourth last in terms of winning percentage right now. Minus 14 goal differential. I have them now not making the playoffs. Oh, whoa. 
Okay, so everyone, I would say, in doing analysis is saying, but they're going to figure it out. And I've been saying that. Do you have them in or out in April? You know, my thoughts right now are, okay, the Pacific Division is Vegas, Vancouver, L.A. They're not going to catch any of those. Those are three good teams to me. They're not catching them. So they're looking at a wild card spot, and those teams are not very good. St. Louis, Arizona, Anaheim, Seattle. Like, I'm still saying yes. So uh, according to Bet365, they're still very heavy, heavy favorites to make it. They're minus 170 favorites to make it, plus 140 to miss. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I just... I'm saying the depth miss. of the West is I not say great. Miss too. Who's in? The Blues are no good. Arizona, but Anaheim, the, Seattle, Calgary. Good? Okay, forget forget about Mini? teams. Forget about teams. Tell me how many points gets you into the playoffs? Okay, ninety-two. Last year, last year it was higher. I think it was 95, 95 last. last year, yeah. but I, I'm so looking at this. So you think the number's lower this year? I think the West is weak enough that 92-3 can get you in, which to get there, yeah. you're, you need 80 points, and there's quick math, 132 games left. 132 on the table? Yeah, I don't know what it is. Yeah, that sounds right. Yes, it is right. <laughs> Way to go. Oh, sorry, oh, I sorry hey, the lack hey, of faith for hey, a moment. It's just not a hot <laughs> rat, you know? Fair enough. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, they need a lot of the remaining points. Give, give me a, a a clip. This is where my math runs out. Yeah, no, uh, they're gonna go like a seven hundred clip. No, it no, feels no, like. no, no, not that high. Pretty high. Yeah, Close but not that it. high. I want to say uh, six forty. Okay, six thirty-five. Okay, clip doable. The last for play, a very good team. The no, last... no, 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 no. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, where do you come up with doable? Please, well, where do you la- come up with doable? I bet you their winning percentage last year was 640. Four teams, I think, four teams last year. Pull up last year's. Fine. Give me last year's. Oh, I'm good. They're, they're, I have it right in front of me. Okay. Their last year's winning percentage was 665. Ha! How many teams? How many teams? Were at that clip? Yeah. Uh, like The, the Ve- Vegas Golden Knights were 667. Um... Uh, Colorado was six sixty five. Dallas so, was six fifty nine. So, so starting tonight, Boston was eight twenty three last year. Go away. So starting <laughs> oh tonight, Go all the way. So away. starting tonight, they're going to hit a, a six forty clip, six fifty clip. Starting tonight, <gasps> the rest of the year, based on what you've seen up until this point, <gasps> starting tonight, they are going six forty percent. Yes. Yes. Okay, Your Honor. All right. Don't see it. I've watched a ton of them this year. They just, they don't have the same state. Here's why. Here's why. Let me defend my answer. I think it is too important at this point of McDavid and Dreisaitl's contract schedules that they be good, which means they're going to do whatever it takes, including trade assets to improve. They're going to get a goalie. I think they tell McDavid to have more points than Matthew Joseph. (laughs) Tonight, the Edmonton maybe Oilers. Maybe tell them, but they're going to cross their fingers. He tonight, does. the Edmonton Oilers start their 640 winning percentage you with kid. Calvin Pickard. Oh, my God. In that. Listen, it doesn't look good. <laughs> well, it's not good. <laughs> but it's there. Hyman, Kane, Dreisaitl, Hyman McDavid. Is so good. Hyman is so good. Kane had a natural hat trick yeah. the other day. They've won three of their last four, right? I, That's not right. I, I think their biggest issue is when these guys aren't on the ice. Yeah, it's a big issue. Right? Yeah. All okay. right. Who's helping you win? Right now, it's it's a 
it's a tough grind for yeah. the Oilers. Um, quick one for the Canucks tonight. My Canucks, you know, as I like to yes, talk about yes, to our Vancouver long, lifelong Canuck guy. Uh, big time Canucks fan. Um, they're playing the Sharks tonight on home ice. Get right spot after talk it. Maybe we'll play the clip after the break of talk it getting after them on the weekend. Yeah. I like them minus a goal and a half. Oh yeah, Quinn Hughes over a point and a half, mm-hmm. and Elias Pettersson goal for plus four hundred. That's a nice little same game play for you. For them to beat up on the Sharks, which they're going to do tonight. Also, the Sharks have had some wins, so they've kind of can nah, feel good about themselves. No, no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm saying that's going to like they can be complacent they're, tonight. They're going to be just get, they're dead. Take they're a smoked. Yeah. So uh, that was game time presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus Ontario only. Please play responsibly. And the last time you talked trash on San Jose, they beat the Oilers for sure. That did happen. I liked him. I believe I liked him minus four and a half goals. Minus in that game. four and a half was yeah. the call that day. <laughs> <laughs> they won. Whoops. All right. Uh, still, we're going to take a break. Response. We're going to take a break. Still yeah, lots yep. to talk to, including uh, uh, Billy Guerin giving it to the Minnesota Wild, I guess. Yeah. I'm not sure what he really expects, but. Better. Than better. This. Better. Uh, we'll talk uh, Calgary Flames as well. Uh-huh. Elliot had a report on uh, their captain, Michael uh, Backlund. I want to talk about uh, Patrick Laine. Mm. Columbus. Ooh, what is going boy. on there? Plenty of meat still on the bone here on the Real Kipper and Born Show. Make sure you're back after these words. Everything Raptors before and after the games. The Raptor Show with Will Liu. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee back. Close out. Real Kipper and Bourne show. Get into some news and notes around the league. Patrick Laine, healthy scratched against the Philadelphia Flyers. Prior to that, Johnny Goudreau was benched, I think, for the whole third period. We had Doug McLean on Friday. Yeah. And uh, he said, maybe a couple of shifts here and there, but you're not winning benching, what do you say, $20 million. Buddy, they didn't just period. bench $20 million. They benched Damon Severson for the whole period, too. They just gave him an eight-year $50 million contract, which I'm I not- would like to note, 50 Million dollars for Damon Severson. I that might be the worst contract in the NHL for me. I hate that contract. Wow, very personally mad about it for some reason, but it's just so bad. I, I just see this organization over the last few years, and they can accumulate some talent, but they they can never get them to fit together. Well, and they seem to be taking like damaged goods talent. Like it doesn't seem to be. I don't know. People don't seem content there. The the team kept like via through all whatever numbers I look at, just you know thirtieth in the league and even strength shots shot attempts against thirtieth and you know power play expected goals. They're thirtieth in everything. They're minus nineteen goal differential. They're terrible. So you go out and sign Johnny Gaudreau, and you got Patrick Line. Who's your center for those guys? Like Boone Jenner. Boone Jenner. That's your center. That's so you're going to make plan. the playoffs now with Boone Jenner, Cole Sillinger, Sean Crowley. Like good, good. Like Sean Crowley's great, great player. But he's got to be in that three and a half, four spot. He's Sam Lafferty, and a bit right. And yeah. he was amazing in Boston. But you can't can't squeeze him 
into anything he's not. No. So, Fantilli. Fantilli's their most gifted guy, and he just joined the team like a few months ago. But how do you go and spend that type of money and not think about who's going to be passing the puck to these guys well, who are pure how. shooters? Because you just need good players. They need so many good players that if one of them wants to come, you sign them. It just It's not a part of the strategy to me. It's just how do we get good players? My issue with Columbus is that it's like every other team who believes the hype of their own prospects. I remember Anaheim's last iteration of going to be great was here comes Sam Steele and Max Jones and, you know, whoever else every other team has. That's Columbus to me. It's Chinnikov and Sillinger and, like, these are good players, but every team has a couple of good young guys. They're not special there. So we hardly see a, a change for a general manager during the season. Usually when those changes come, they're off season, but do we envision anything happening with uh, Yarmo? DFL in the East right now. They are last place by a good distance. I mean, you just went through the Babcock thing. He's in year what there? Eight? I mean... Oh, over ten, I think. Ten years? And this is the state of the organization? How is that not enough to be like, okay, seen enough, time to try something different? Yeah, that's... uh... That's a touchy situation for an organization that has just never been able to put it all together and, and truly compete. They've had some the glory success. The glory year. Did the, they have a year where they... Yes, yeah. remember we had Portsline on a couple years ago and he talked about the one year that they swept the lightning? Oh, yeah. They called it the glory year. That's right. That's bleak. And they lost to the... I think they lost to... Who'd they lose to in six games? Uh, they lost to Pittsburgh. Right? Oh. And the year that the Capitals won the Stanley Cup, they were Columbus was up two nothing on them, on the in the road. Like they went on the road, oh, won the yeah. first two games, and they benched Grubauer, put Grubauer in. They came back on that series. Right. But those are their those are their high points. Anyway, they need some. You know, I feel for the good fans there because there's lots of them. All right, uh, news we never want to hear: Milan Lucic to be uh, arraigned after an alleged assault. Uh, over the weekend. Mm. Uh, uh, domestic violence, right? Yeah, domestic violence. Yeah, so the uh, the Boston Bruins announced over the weekend that Lucic would be taking an indefinite leave of absence from the team. The Bruins' written statement said, the organization takes these matters very seriously and we will work with the Lucic family to provide any support and assistance they may need. Uh, arraignment on an assault charge, I think, Tuesday. Expected Tuesday. Some tough alleged details. Yeah, and I, I imagine we won't probably hear from the Boston Bruins until they can collect all their facts. And mm. uh, but I don't envision seeing Lucic playing again. That's probably the end of his time. I mean, not knowing how this plays out, it seems like pretty uh, pretty much the end of the road there. If this stuff's true, anyway. Yeah. All right, uh, Bill Guerin. Like this is. Is this their first year where they cannot use uh, the money they bought out they got on Ryan four, Suter? 14 schmill in dead money or something like that. Is that right? Yes. Right. And, and uh, Parisi? Yeah. So, I mean, he's not happy with where the team's sitting, but kind of expected, <laughs> do we not? This year and next, it's $14.743 million of dead money in a flat cap world. This year and next? And then after that, it just drops down to 833. So less than a million. But I mean, 
I think to his point, Kip, there's a lot of good players on this team. It's Kaprizov and Boldy and Zuccarello, Eriksson, Ek, Felino. Like, they have hockey players here. Spurgeon, Brode, uh, Brodeen. I thought they were bleeding chances. Yeah, but like I Against the Leafs, like, it, defensively, you thought they'd be a better team and solid, and it's just like they some, can't, they can't get a some save shifts either. where they looked really big and really good along the walls. Yeah, they beat the Leafs in a lot of puck battles. They, got, they have a big, strong team, for sure. And I do think that when the standings shake out at the end of the year, I was telling you guys about the two teams in wildcard spots right now are St. Louis and Arizona. You know, Anaheim and Seattle behind them, Calgary, Minnesota. Like, I still think Minnesota is one of the teams that gets themselves into that conversation by the time it's over, but... And they have a good goalie. Yeah. Yeah. And Flurry was good for them the other day. So I do think they're better than this, and I don't blame um, Garen for being like, okay, what's going on here? Now, the Pittsburgh Penguins... Uh, they, they look like they're they're chasing in the standings, but they have mustered, I think, four, if I'm not mistaken, shutouts, including one last night against Vegas. Mm-hmm. Four shutouts with a Carlson on the back end. Yeah. I think that's pretty good. They're, they're just such a hot and cold team. Like, their ceiling is really high. When they're good, they're very good. I, I can't make sense of their record at 9-8, and eight, but... Uh, how about Nedeljkovic? He scores in the American League. Yes. Shoots in the net. They call him up the next day. He pitches a, how many save shutout? 39 save shutout. And then wears a Cleveland Browns jersey in his postgame presser. Having a pretty good few few days for Nedeljkovic. There. We mentioned. <laughs> the, that's bold. The, the Browns the, kid? Like, as much as you talk about the Penguins being a popular team, and they've, you know, there was early in their, you know, around Sid, and that, that time was not great for them. But since then, they've been really popular. But they don't even – they pale in comparison to the Steelers. Yeah. The Steelers are everything. Oh. Like the Steelers, there is nothing that Buddy, matters more. It's the Steelers. America. <laughs> but no, the Steelers like even – but there's other cities in America where like baseball's big and like there's, you know, there's rival – like there's no rivalry there in terms of what the biggest thing. For him to go into a press conference and wear a Cleveland's Brown jersey is – that's gutsy. Yeah. Like, you better play really well. And they're he stood gonna, their oh, hands on hip they're just gonna like, take it. First stinker, get him out of there. Yeah, like, as it, a goalie, that honest, was a it doesn't big help mistake. Here. Big mistake. Uh, speaking of the Columbus, the Flyers won their fifth straight against them. Like, can, they, can they stay in the hunt for a playoff spot? They're currently second in the Metro at 10-7-1. I will tell you that if you look at, um, you know, expected goals for and against, they're a good team. As much as any team that is uh, where they are at the top of the standings, they create a lot. They don't give up a ton. Awful power play. They're playing pretty pretty well. I watched them play Vegas. Which day? What day was that? I'm not sure when it was, but I watched them play Vegas. Yeah. They're right there with Vegas. It was a good game the whole way through. I like, mean, Couturier is back and healthy. Konechny's an effective player. Tippett can fly like Lawton's useful. You know, Atkinson can score. Like, there's, there's guys here. I don't believe that they're good, good. I don't think they make the playoffs. But Torts. the numbers like them. Play hard. Oh, I can't imagine. Their third pair is Igor Zamula. And players Luis would take Del their foot Pidi- off the gas Pidio. pedal one day going to a Torts practice. Do you think it, it, he's watching Columbus do. just going, <laughs> But isn't that kind of the point? It's like they won't take their foot off the gas yeah. until the day they do. And then they never put it back on the gas. Well, right. but that, that'll break. That usually yeah, yeah. runs a window of about three or four yes, years, right? Correct. Where you just had enough coach. of his crap. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, their power play is running at 11.5% so far this year. 
All right, uh, on okay. Saturday Get night, figured out. Yeah. second intermission, our Elliot Friedman uh, was talking Calgary Flames. Michael Backlin asked teammates to end the noise. Like, what do you make of that? Wow. I think it's pretty clear what he's talking about, the noise. Just Quit asking right? for trades, what, what, you jerks. But, but what, what teammates? There's no teammates. Well, There's the just off. one guy. <laughs> you don't think it could be Hannafin, Tanev? But they're not it's only Tanevs out there. Buddy, there's not a chance Backlund goes to Hannafin unless there's anything public. Yeah. When it's public, then you can go. But when it comes to business behind the scenes for Hannafin, Tanev, uh, that that's been around for 50 years. Yeah. But this is not teammates. Backlund was talking to one guy. Yes, Mr. Zadorov. Yes. And he said, hey, and he looked up yeah. at him and said, <laughs> stop it. Yes, pretty much. Well, what are you supposed to do? We you know, talked like, about this last, didn't I tell you last week it pissed off his teammates? Uh, I don't know. Did you? I don't know. Yeah, probably. I, I think I did. Yeah. Let's revisit it. It pissed off his teammates? Yeah, yes. it really, yeah, they got pissed off. But, so what do his teammates think, or what do you think that Zadorov did in this case? Do you think him and Milstein spoke and said, okay, after the game, I'm going to throw a big hit. After the game, you're going to go on Twitter. Like, what do they think happened? Or what do you think really I, happened? I think, I think uh, the whole idea was to make, make it abundantly clear to a Toronto market, the biggest market out there, a team that desperately could use him, that we're going to tell everybody that we, we're going to leak the information and we're going to tell people that we want out and this and would Zidoro be a perfect said, fit. Sure, fine. I'm okay with that plan. You think he... Listen, we have to go back to like the Marc Andre Fleury with the uh, Alan Walsh, you know, big oh my sword. God. Like, I, How is I, I, thing I really find it, it, it really is. find it hard to believe that you would do something like that without your client knowing something about it. So, yeah. you know, I, I can't tell you for sure if he knew, right. if they knew or didn't know. I know I, as, a, as an agent, I would never have done anything against uh, my client unless they, they knew about it. Yeah. And, Listen, it's not the first time an agent is... And Milstein's, I think, a pretty sharp guy. Mm-hmm. I do. I think mm-hmm. he's done amazing work for some of his clients. It may work. It, it, it Look could, at the contract he got Kane. It could work, right. right? But that means that you're putting pressure on a rookie general manager and Craig Conroy, and there's, there's, there's the ability that Backlink can turn around and say, hey, listen, we want him out of the room now. And, and that could force a hand. Well... We'll have to see how long it takes to for Zadorov to get traded. Do you think if Calgary started playing well and having some success, they would then say, "Hey, like, can we keep this guy? Like, he's a part of the solution here for us. We still think we can get in playoffs." Yeah, that's a that's a good question, and I I, I imagine that uh, there is a possibility that mm. you know winning solves everything, but Zadorov here, here's the the kicker. Zadorov uh, wants a lot of money next year. So it's just not mm-hmm. about winning now. Right. It's about uh, there's a number of guys going to UFA. If you turn around and, and want Hannafin back again and you want Zadorov back again, hey, we got great results and our team's great on the blue line. It's okay. well, What's it going to cost? Mm-hmm. And that's a whole new ball of wax. Yeah, that, that reminds me. You know, a little bit, uh, I forget the example I had. But it, it is like teams that go to the trade deadline and are pretty good. Like if Calgary has success, they will still have the shortcomings they currently have. Yes. And so 
it's it's like even if you're having success, this Flames team might want to sell. I look at the St. Louis Blues team that won a Stanley Cup. I think they traded Kevin Shattenkirk or Paul Stastny in season. Like one of their guys who was going to be a UFA. I forget the example of which player it was, but like Armstrong recognized that they were going to lose this guy for nothing. And I think that's the case of Calgary. Even if you're a good team, you may have to move off a guy. Like this, Listen. Like this move by a new captain too, though. Backland. Like yeah. to, to make it about the team. Right. It's one guy. Yeah. You know, it's like that's kind of a good, it's a pretty good captain move. Don't you think? Yes. That's I do. Fine. I would have thought it was a better move if he would have said Zadorov's got to knock it off. Yeah. I'm okay with that too. Yeah. Um, last thing, if we have time for Rick talking, do we want to hear talk before we go or no? Well, it's something that, uh, is near and dear to Kipper's heart. And I want to just make sure that I put the clip in, but I think I did. I'm just double checking. Yeah. Rick talking, talking about not being happy with the Canucks who are Which is 12, five awesome. and one. Well, <laughs> they can only lose two games and the coach is really ticked off. Well, that's, a, that's a new bar set in is. Vancouver. Expectations. He said something. About that, that'll be. Well, let's play it quickly, and then we'll react off of it. Talk. Yeah, it's the team that's willing to do the right things. You know what I mean? And then um, Seattle did. We didn't. We had we had some awful changes. Awful changes. You know, you, you, changes lose you hockey games, lose you playoff series. Um, you know, you, you got you have to change properly, and we didn't. I assume too the change coming out of the oh. icing right before the Alexia goal. Their their one one goal. See. I love that. Kip loves a good line change. I, I just It's the little things that don't get noticed that are different. These are currently leading the league in bench minors right now. Yeah. Five or six? Six. 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 Yeah, that needs to get cleaned up. I would say. Okay, just like that, our show is over. And once again, we've solved nothing. <laughs> our thanks to Gary Galley. Our thanks to JB Sammy. Derek Brandeo and Jen Rolnick, and we are all back here tomorrow to do it all over again. Make sure you're along for the ride. Have a great night, everybody.